Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. We're reading this morning from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. I'd like to read, as we did last week, we, we read the same couple of verses last week, and we'll read them again, but I just want to read them for us this morning before we step into some reflections on uh, Isaiah chapter 11. This is from Luke chapter 10, sorry, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Uh, and you'll know the scene. Uh, angels to the shepherds, they said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you and thank you for your presence with us in the midst of all that we carry, uh, in the midst of our own experiences, God, we thank you uh, that you have brought us to this moment uh, here with you. We pray that as we open your word, Jesus, you would speak peace to the troubled places of our lives. We would hear the good news of God's presence with us, and it would breathe a word of peace, and I pray the same for me as well. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. We are using uh, this moment in the Christmas story as this kind of guide for our conversation in the coming weeks. So our theme has been good tidings, right? That Christmas is an announcement of good news. And uh, we'll pick this verse up again as we get closer to Christmas and Christmas Eve. Um, but we're considering this announcement of good news, specifically for us, um, how, it, how it sort of came up earlier in this story. So specifically through the prophet of Isaiah, so in the story of the Old Testament, we've lived through some of the historical events and now uh, sort of the beginning of the people of God and the kings and all these things and now they found themselves in exile, things have gone sideways and we come to the writings, uh, Isaiah among other voices, prophetic voices in the Old Testament writing uh, to the people of Israel. And through sort of this moment, what we find is uh, we hear sort of... Um, uh, announcements of these same good tidings that we're going to find expressed and lived in the person and work of Jesus. And that's what we find in our reading this morning from Isaiah chapter 
11. But uh, f- from the Luke reading, sort of the word I want us to kind of pick up this morning that I think has some resonance with what we read in Isaiah uh, is the word behold, right? The angels they come to them, they say, fear not, and then behold, which at times, uh, I think sometimes I read, it's just kind of a vocalized pause, right? I have a few of those myself. If you're chatting with me, maybe I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I do mean that's awesome. I shouldn't be confessing this publicly to you. You're like, oh my goodness, he said that to me this morning. He wasn't really listening. It was just a vocalized pause, right? I'm just nervous in the conversation. It's so like I'm doing now, just kind of run on when maybe I should just be quiet and listen, right? And sometimes I think we read a, a phrase like this, uh, fear not, behold, it's just kind of like, it feels formulaic, right? We just kind of move through, let's get on to the announcement. But I want us to sit with it for a minute because I think I, I, I kind of hear it this morning as like, surprise, right? I, I want us to hear it as surprise, uh, and, and I think it's a move, I think it's a move that happens again and again in Scripture. In the story of the good news of Jesus, we find that this move, fear not, behold, and then what will follow is, is a move that uh, resonates. It, it, it's one we feel throughout the story. We see it in the Christmas story as we find it here, right? Shepherds in the middle of their fields and in their night is disrupted. Fear not. I mean, it's terrifying. The sky is filled and behold, so they're directing their attention. Let, let us help you look here and what you will find, they tell them, is good news. Good news. I think we see the same move in Isaiah chapter 11. We see it over and over again, Isaiah at multiple locations, but in this instance, this announcement uh, is drawing our attention, and what we find there has the same feeling as behold or surprise. Uh, I, I, I think even in the, just the opening phrase, right, that a shoot, uh, a, a sprout of life will come from a stump. And, the, and immediately we're struck with like surprise. Like let me draw your attention here and what you see is maybe not what you're expecting to find. There's an immediate kind of tension in the passage. It's, a, it's a, in, a, in a much more frivolous way. Uh, it's like the tension, maybe you remember the Tom Hanks Saturday Night Live skit around, skit around the Halloween uh, season. Do you guys remember David S. Pumpkins? No. Most of us are like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Which means what I'm about to say is just going to, right, you know, nothing. It's this like Halloween sketch where uh, the, the actors are on the, uh, yeah, he's dancing, right? The actors are on an elevator in a, in a haunted house. They're going up and down. The door opens and it's like, ah, something scary, right? And you're like, you get it. That's how it works. Well, then one time the door opens and it's Tom Hanks in this weird sort of pumpkin suit, just kind of joyfully dancing with a couple of skeleton guys. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And it went viral and uh, became this really, obviously not that viral. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, became this thing, David S. Pumpkins. He just reprised his role uh, in that character uh, recently. But in, in interviews talking about it, he talked about sort of, I think shortly after it sort of kind of oddly became very famous, uh, he, he was, had to do something sort of more, I don't know, red carpety, and talked about, like, they're asking him about David S. Pumpkins, and he's like, I can't believe, like, in the life of my career, this is the thing, right? The ridiculousness of this moment, I, I think, again, in a much more serious fashion, there's a bit of that here in this reading in Isaiah, that when the doors open on whatever the good news is going to be from God, what we expect to find uh, is not quite what we read here. Uh, let's just consider it, uh, kind of, uh, let's just take it as, as we find it here, just the structure of the passage. 
All right, so uh, Isaiah in this moment is announcing some good news, and he gives us in the first couple of verses, he tells us that God is going to appoint someone. Right, that there will be one on whom his spirit will rest. And so in the, the first two verses, we get this sort of commissioning, this call. God will raise up one who will be full of the spirit of God. And what that means is wisdom and understanding and counsel and instruction. He will be uniquely suited and gifted for the role of whatever good news is to follow. And then in sort of the next couple of verses, verses 3, 4, and 5, you give, uh, we, we find Isaiah giving some expression to that. So he'll be full of the Spirit, and then out of that, his work will result in the fruit of the Spirit. Things like righteousness and justice and equity and peace. He will work those things. And then as those things are worked through him in the world, the sort of last few verses, again, this is just a summary sort of structure, verses 6 through 10 or so, you, you find that what will flow out of all that will be a kind of security and peace that the world is hungry for but can never seem to secure themselves, ourselves. And I think we could read it, we could take it in all of its constituent parts, and they are important. But what I want us to do, again, as we sometimes do here, is just kind of hold it all together and ask the question, like, what are the surprises here? Like, what, how is this sort of announcement meant to draw us into a feeling or an experience of surprise, a kind of like, behold, as the doors open? What, what, what's the surprise here? Well, I think the first one, as we've mentioned, is this imagery of a cut down, dead, left, uh, just left over stump of a tree. And out of that, this is like new life. God will raise new life. I think that's the first surprise. So in the story of Isaiah prior to this, the, the nation of Israel is under judgment, right? Things have gone wrong. They have broken. Uh, they, they have been the victim and the perpetrator of injustice. Things have gone wrong and, and, and things terribly sideways that they are under the judgment and consequence of that experience and now in exile. But also the nations, right? So Assyria had been God's tool in working that judgment. But even Assyria, the nations are coming under judgment everywhere, right? And and this is, is just dead, scorched earth is the feeling, a stump of a tree. By all appearances, there is not life here. And yet, behold, look, let me draw your attention here out of this stump. A shoot, a sprig, a bit of life, a leafy shoot from a dead tree. This is a Messiah who will make all things new. Another subtle surprise here is the, is the reference to Jesse, right? So in the story of, of a scripture, right, we, Jesse would be the father of David. We would, you know, David makes more sense here. A, a, a shoot from, from the, the line of King David, right? Like all the pomp and circumstance and, and all that comes with it. David makes more sense here. But interestingly, Isaiah takes a step back, a further step back. And some have wondered, if not, Like, is this move intentional? Isaiah in this moment, God through him sort of, as the door opens, what we expect to find is God will establish a new king like David who will, all those things. But instead he goes back one step further. That salvation, life in this moment, won't come from all the pomp and glory of a royal house where you might expect to find it. But from one who can create a royal house from a peasant family like Jesse's. Right, that the work of salvation is a gracious work, again, of God, not perhaps where we would expect to find it. 
I think that that space is one space of surpri- a surprise. But, but I think, again, the sort of as he gives description to what the shoot will look like, what it will mean, uh, I think that also um, is meant to spark a little bit of like the David S. Pumpkins experience in us. Because uh, when I hear the word behold, even in scripture, what I, what my, where, where I want to go, and maybe this is me, I want, I, I'm expecting behold, and then a kind of Russell Crowe gladiator gladiator sort of are you not entertained sort of moment like like this sort of behold and 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 this you know supreme expression of strength and power whatever that is but that is not what we find here right that what we expect in this moment again maybe it's just me this sort of show of power and strength Certainly what Israel would have expected in exile under the thumb of Assyrians and eventually Babylonians, right? Someone, right, uh, who would come. Even Israel uh, in the Gospels, as shepherds are in the fields under the thumb of the Roman Empire, right? The expectation certainly would have been some gladiatorial announcement. Behold. But instead, the picture at the center of this promise is a child will lead them. Right, is, is, is a picture of innocence and simplicity and faith that God's plan of salvation for the world will not be found in the sophistication and cynicism and violence and all the ways it's tried to be expressed and failed. What we find in Isaiah is not what we expect. We expect a kind of strutting monarch, right? Like this is the next great king and a line of kings, many of whom have failed, but some who have been incredible. This is the next great, what, well, you know, that is not what we find here. Instead, we find this child, a theme that will run throughout Isaiah, that God's work of life will, will come not only in a context of where we may not expect it, like a leftover stump, but also in a way we don't expect. It's a beautiful image, a, a, a surprising one, I think. It's meant to be surprising. And then I think this last picture that, that we get as he gives flesh to that expression. So it will be a work of justice, right? Unlike other kings and so many rulers in our world, the way those things work, often self-serving, this one will uniquely hold the welfare of the people uh, forefront. He will be, in fact, um, as a ruler, he will be a servant, Isaiah will go on to express. This, again, behold, look here. It is surprising what you will find. He will be a servant not because he is too weak to rule, but because he is strong enough not to need to crush the people around him. Behold, it's a surprise. It's good news here. And then I think maybe just the last image is this image of peace, the actual sort of imagery that we get here, right? This, all this language of, of the different animals sort of uh, beside one another, a child putting his hand over the hole of the, the, the adder, all, all this, this imagery. I, here's what I think oftentimes we do. Uh, not, uh, it's been a few years ago, and I'm going to, really talk about this at some point in the future. I'm just waiting for the right moment. This is a teaser, but do you guys know the precious moments stuff? You guys know what I'm talking about? Precious moments? If this is really important to you and a big part of your life, um, that's, I, please, I don't mean any disrespect, but um, so I think we precious moments this passage, right? We, we read this story and we just like, we just sort of like precious moments, like pastel colors and big eyes and uh, all the things, right? Justin and I recently, do you know there's a museum? There is a, there is a, I know, right? A precious moments like place you can tour and I have done it, right? So again, 
Uh, I, I mean, no disrespect, but I do think sometimes we put this veneer over it. I have precious moments stuff. I don't mean to like, I don't mean just any disrespect, but I do think sometimes it's just what we do in an, in an attempt to express it or understand it, right? Like it just, it, it gets this gloss of like gentility, you know, or um, just this kind of, it feels just kind of playful, but what the picture here is rigorous and incredible, Right, that, 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 that he's using this language and imagery to draw together extremes that would never be together. This cannot happen. We can't make it happen. It doesn't happen naturally. Uh, like this, this is uniquely uh, and surprisingly incredible. We were uh, traveling this uh, Thanksgiving week, and we were at a museum uh, kind of thing, hands-on, sciencey. I don't know, but they had like a whole reptile section. And uh, all the snakes, <sighs> again, it's hard to talk about. But uh, so they did this like, you know, animal talk. Young guy, pulled, like I thought they were going to come out from the back with a snake. He comes out into the, I mean, it's just everyone's walking around and he opens the cage to take a snake out of the place that we all are, which out the gate I thought was a problem. I'm like, this, this snake should come from somewhere more secure somewhere else. And he's just like unlocking it. I'm like, okay, everyone back up. So he pulls the snake out, and he hops up, and we're on the counter where he's going to do the talk, and all, there's loads of kids around, and I'm there with my nieces and my daughters and my brother-in-law. My, me and my brother-in-law are kind of in the back of the crowd, and uh, all the kids are up at the front trying to, like, you want to hold the snake and whatever. I'm like, run away! <laughs> and, uh, but he's giving his talk, and uh, while he's talking, a couple of more um, employees come up and stand next to us and uh, uh, start, just start talking. And they say something like, hey, did they ever find that one? Yeah, I know, right? And I looked at uh, my brother-in-law. I was like, did you, did you hear that? And I, so we were chatting. I tried to kind of keep listening. And I'm like, either they're messing with us or we should leave now, right? We should leave. And, and, and I think what, like, what, a room full of children and uh, reptiles, right? Like uh, in this imagery that Isaiah gives us, he says, behold, look here. He brings together things that do not belong together. And says that somehow, by a work of God's grace, there will be peace and security here. It's a surprise in Isaiah. It's a surprise in Luke's gospel when the angels announce it. It's a surprise later in the story over and over and over again. We've referenced his work before, but Tom Holland is a sort of popular British historian. And... Um, he, he uh, uh, has written a book called Dominion where he talks about sort of the um, uh, history in Western culture and sort of the spread of Christianity. Not himself a Christian, but its influence and sort of the values that we celebrate in Western culture. And uh, it's a compelling read. Again, not, not as a Christian himself, but this is what he says. Behold, remember, look, surprise. Divinity, he wrote, or writes, was the very greatest of the great it was for victors, heroes, and kings. Its measure was the power to torture one's enemies, not to suffer it oneself, to nail them to the rocks of the mountain, or to turn them into spiders, or to blind and crucify them after conquering the world. Are you not entertained? That a man who had himself been crucified might be hailed as a god, could not help but be seen by people everywhere across the Roman world as scandalous, obscene, grotesque, not merely blasphemy. It was madness. 
But what's he saying here? In the same way that the elevator doors open on the passage in Isaiah, the story of the person and work of Jesus, the doors open, and what we expect to see in this moment is not what we find as he lays down his life, as he comes to live and be with, but then lays down his life. It was a surprise. It's a surprise still. Maybe a surprise for you. Maybe one you need to hear. Maybe one you crave to feel announced in your life. Behold, look, surprise. It was a surprise for his disciples on the other side of the cross and the resurrection. I mean, the story of Jesus is full of surprises, and we could look at any number of them, but it was a surprise then. A bunch of washed-out disciples, stumps. There was no life there. Locked up, afraid, done, feeling betrayed and having betrayed themselves, right, skeptical. And yet, John's gospel tells us, Jesus keeps showing up, says, behold, look, look. And in that moment, announces peace, peace be with you, peace. In fact, literally, uh, to Thomas, the doubter, he shows up and says, peace be with you. And then says, look here, look at my hands. It's a surprise that the resurrected Jesus, the picture of victory and glory in the world through God's work, that the resurrected Jesus will still carry in his body the scars of sin, ours. And yet God has repeatedly shown up and said, look here, surprise. We're going to close this morning with a carol, one that we have sung uh, many times before one year in particular, probably too many times, but uh, buckle up because we might do it again. (laughs) Uh, But we've talked about it, right? I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I think that somebody told me there's a movie out. You can watch the story behind the the carol. But these are the lyrics to that carol, right? Some of them. In despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. Hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace. On earth, goodwill to men. We step into a story like Isaiah. We hear him announce good news. It's surprising in all kinds of ways. We bump into it again in the uh, announcement of the angels to the shepherds. We see it again and again in the story of Jesus, even in his death and resurrection, to disciples who are done And at every turn, behold, surprise, peace, peace. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and your life is a severed, broken, burned over kind of place. It's just a stump. And you can't make anything happen there. Maybe into that place this morning you hear, you hear the announcement of the angels. Don't be afraid. Peace of good tidings of Jesus is coming to you today. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're all cut down. You're just all cut down trees and locked doors. Maybe you need, like, like the promise in Isaiah, you, you need the promise of, uh, of someone who sees beneath the surface. Maybe into places you've been afraid to even look yourself. Someone who can look into those places and still somehow, Work equity, righteousness, peace, 
when all you find behind those locked doors is fear, uncertainty, and turmoil. May you hear the announcement this morning. Behold, surprise, peace. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at Park City KC.